Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You but God Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. And hello to my co-hosts, Sean and Karen. Good afternoon. Hello. Happy birthday to you. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Happy birthday. Matt is born on Cinco de Mayo, 5th of May. Shout out to my big, older, older, older brother, Matty Matt. Happy birthday, my brother. Well, thank you. Are you just going to take that? No, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't catch that, Karen. <laughs> he didn't catch it. Whatever. I, thank you for the birthday wishes. Glad to see you, too. Glad to bring another show to the people. To the universe. Let's to, go. To the universe. Let's go. Exactly. So moving on from the birthday wishes, let's just get into the business. I have okay. a question for the two of you. We're listening. Are both of you, either of you, any of you, Still paying off student loans. Well, I am, but as, as the as the baby of this podcast, Are I you? am. So, mm-hmm, yeah, significantly by a long way, Matt. Well, that's I, I have. That's something you should know. I, I, I am, but I am, but it's current for me and relevant for me now. That being said, I am. <laughs> I am. I've been doing this long enough to be almost done with my student loans. I paid one off over the over lockdown and I think I owe like two grand. So no Let's big give deal. an applause for students for Karen. Almost Thanks. I had so off. much help. Thank oh, you. <laughs> uh, what about me? Are you not celebrating that I had a student loan? Okay. I don't get to celebrate that. Okay. Yeah, you I want had some student confetti? Loans well, student Canadian loans, student loans? Well, you know, it's funny you said 25 confetti. cents in a shoestring? <laughs> it's funny that you said confetti because honestly, when I paid off my student loan in a lump sum, I, with my first real estate transaction, I used part of it to pay off my student loan. And I honestly, when I went to the bank with that check, I thought there'd be confetti coming down. I thought people would be celebrating, cheering me on, and give me a dozen roses. And it was just like another transaction. They don't care. And, and honestly, it was one Tuesday. of the first decisions that, one of the worst decisions I made financially because I could have used that same money to buy a property. 
and the property could have paid off the loan. So I actually was not happy that I paid off this student loan. Wow, you do sound dumb. That story makes you sound like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is actually really interesting to even hear you say that, though, that paying it off in retrospect was a bad decision. But which brings us. Oh, Matt, it was like free money. The interest rate was low. Got it. Now I hear you. So, but, but with student loans, there's a lot of interesting uh, issues and dilemmas, uh, which is today's topic, the student loan dilemma. That's so right. let's get let's get into it. So for a little intro, let me break this down for the people. Student loans are used by students, obviously, to fund their college education. Some loans are private bank loans, but over 90 percent of student loans are funded by the federal government. And they're looking out for us. Right. Anyway, funded by the <laughs> federal government, specifically the Department of Education. 45 million borrowers at this point in time owe $1.6 trillion in student loans. That's a whole lot of money. Jesus. Um, In fact, more money is owed in student loans than in any other debt besides mortgages. This includes car loans, credit cards, et cetera. So with that framing about student loans and how much is owed and just, you know, the entire kind of situation as it is today, Sean, What do you think is the problem with student loans? Matt, what's the problem? I mean, you just said it, $1.6 trillion in student loan debt and more money. And this is the second highest debt in America next to mortgages. I mean, we're in a debt crisis. Yeah. Not only are we in a debt crisis, but it's the debt crisis became super hard to resolve even as it was happening. You know, I graduated in 2009 and I graduated with a ton of debt. The 2008 recession, millennials, all most of us have been through the same thing, changes in the job market and then the pandemic. And then all those things also have led to the pandemic also led to changes in the job market and a recession style phenomenon. And so not only are we in debt, but repaying that debt has been especially challenging for yeah. a lot of people. And, and I'll, further, just to add, Karen, since 2006, student loan debt has tripled. And for all those non-educated Canadians listening, they're like they owe their amounts as high, their their owing amount could be as high as car loans, and in some cases as high as mortgage payments. Mm-hmm. Not to any Canadians, I never experienced that, but <laughs> to Americans, that could be the situation. Yeah, no, it's wild. At, at my peak, I think I was paying, um, I was paying like four to five hundred dollars a month in student loan repayments, and then. I don't know what happened. They got paid off or something, something. I'm, I'm a Jewish white girl, so I don't, I don't, I blank out periods of my own finances, but um, somehow they got paid down. I don't owe a ton now, but that was a very stressful time in my life. <laughs> like a good 10 years when that was as big of a priority and paying down as like health insurance and rent and other stuff. Just, just the point of clarity, Karen, you mentioned earlier when you were talking about, you know, the, the millennial generation and you graduating mm-hmm. in Oh nine, that's a, we're around the same, you know, same age. So I, that, that's a, that's a that us, you know, generation. I, <laughs> well, I was just saying, cool. I, you know, I didn't that realize was a, that I was just speaking from just kind of, my historical knowledge of us. All right, all right, all right. Well, just what we all look like and stuff. Well, I appreciate the setup. <laughs> I appreciate you and Sean kind of laying out what the problem is. But I want to pivot a little bit to how it, how does this play out politically? Mm-hmm. So in March of 2020, former President Trump put a freeze on student debt payments. Mm-hmm. Initially, it was only supposed to be for 60 days. Congress extended it. And that's when people really started paying attention. Yeah. So it was like not a thing that it wasn't on the table before. Before the pandemic, that's not something that we could have expected 
to happen. It was, that was the entire point. Remember, like you can't bankrupt your way out of student debt. You know, they'll come after you no matter what, et cetera, et cetera. And so this, so all of a sudden we're like, okay, maybe something can be done. If they can do this, we can scale it. So at that time, um, you know, the government also put a freeze on student debt repayments, which is ongoing and set the interest rate to zero. So this was an, a real genuine timeout a real effort to relieve the financial burden of student loan debt, because a lot of these student loan repayers are also people who were found themselves out of a job um, and out of income during the recession. And then, of course, 2021 was an election year. No one wanted to be responsible for stopping the freeze. That would be very unpopular. And so here we are today. Right. And this is what the created, I guess, would it be the conundrum, right? So then you even had like Democrats like Elizabeth Warren even campaigning on the fact that if she became president, she would forgive 50000 of student debt for each, each individual. Look at that amount, by the way. For each individual, she said that knowing that that wouldn't cover all of everyone's debt. Right. But this for other candidates now to follow suit when they're at their rallies, they got to be talking right. about relieving student debt, too, to get that. Hey, hooray. <laughs> yay, right. And all that. Get that student debt vote. That's right. Yeah, that's a of millions of us out there. Yeah. And that, that, that's what, like Karen was saying earlier, prompted the beginning of this mainstream conversation about canceling student debt. Mm-hmm. And it, even President Biden was warmed up, were warmed up about the idea and suggested he would be forgiving 10000 of student loan debt per person as well. Everybody was on this relief student-led bandwagon um, campaign. Yeah, so what's going on? Absolutely. And, and, you know, when Biden became president, he extended the freeze to September 2021 to buy time. In August of 2021, he extended it again to January of 2022. And then in December, right before it was going to expire, he extended this to May 2022, which uh, we are in now. And then I guess in April, there was another extension. So right now, the student loan uh, forgiveness, or or, I'm sorry, was this the freeze? Yes, the freeze. Yeah. So right now, this student loan freeze uh, is in, in effect until August of 2022. Yeah, I mean, I think the people who have student loan payments are all rolling their eyes right now. Yes, we have not had to make student uh, payments to our student loans in over two years, zero interest. That's awesome. Um, And it's been very costly to the government. It's cost them five billion dollars a month in lost interest payments. Is that true? A month? A month. Absolutely. No kidding. Well, that and you know what, though, those two sentences said that closely together are offensive. <laughs> okay. So that the government is squeezing out of us student loan debt repayers. So people who have no jobs or money squeezing out of us $5 billion a month in interest payments, not principal, but interest payments. And so for them to put a moratorium or whatever, it's like, isn't that the least you could do? Money's not free, Karen. Come on. Like, I mean, the government, you, if the government prints more money, it's going to cause huge inflation. It's going to make our dollar devaluing in the U.S. The U.S. could become a third world nation. I mean, obviously, the government has to has checks and balances as well. I mean, I'm not offended by the fact that they're charging interest and making interest payments. And, you know, I do believe, like, should education be free to a certain extent? But I believe there's cost and overhead like everything. Anything that becomes regulated and free by the government usually turns sour. I'm sure you've waited in line at the post office and for a government agency to see how things those things are run. I would not want my university to be run like how the post office is ran and how other government agencies are run as well. So I do believe like there should be some kind of cost, but it, the, should it be a, a, a mortgage? Shots fired at the post office. Jeez, uh-huh. huh? 
Yeah, but you know what, Sean? You know why it's schools are so expensive? They tuition skyrocketed after the federal government started guaranteeing and giving out loans. Because once that started, they knew that they could charge whatever the hell they wanted, and tuitions go up every year. Oh, yeah, but that's, that's, why, we're, that's why there's the like, debt in the first place. It allowed people that wouldn't have been able to give them a fair opportunity to get a, a higher education. So we're not going to even, you know. But at what uh, cost? At what well, cost? Now you're a crushed, crushed under a mountain of debt for who knows how long, and the game so has changed. Here's the problem. Here's the real problem, Sean. When I got into this debt, I went to NYU, which is such an expensive school, and it was out of state for me, and I only applied to two schools. That's it. <laughs> my lazy ass applied to NYU. That was my reach school and the University of Pittsburgh. That was my um, whatever it's called, my sure thing school. And I got into both and Pittsburgh. I would have I would have gotten a full ride. And I decided to go to NYU because whatever I was going to be a lawyer and all that. And um, and at the time that I was going to school, the expectation mine and my parents and the game that my parents had set me up and prepared me my whole life to play was that you go through school, take your SATs, do well, get a four year degree, get another degree and then go off and make tons of money and live your best life in the professional world. And that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. A guarantee of a good job after you graduate, a guarantee of a job as a lawyer after you get out of law school, those things are no longer a reality. So I graduated in the middle of a recession and the game was completely different. And with tens of thousands of dollars of debt and I got off easy. You know, there's two camps out there. One camp believes that this simply canceling the debt and, the, and then the other camp says it's time for people to start repaying their student loans again. And I'm, you know, this, you know just a little bit to, to, to just talk about what you just said. There are people that would not be able to receive a certain level of education if there wasn't student loans. So if they didn't have some way of being able to fund and finance it. I know personal friends that graduate from Harvard and would not have been able to afford to go there had it not be for some type of government financing involved in it. So I do believe there, there should be student loans. But I also hear your point, Karen, about mm -hmm. how then if you do start student loans, the schools then take advantage of it. They have the inside scoop of knowing how much every student's going to get. And they can kind of make their, um, especially with high demand schools, make their tuition reflect mm -hmm. that number or build around it. So I do understand what you're saying with that. And, and I, and I get your point. But, but Sean, like you just said, like if it weren't for student loans, there's some people who would not be able to go to college or if, if college was made free, then that would just eliminate that whole, like that proposition is because college is this business that like, like for high school, there's free opportunities. There's public schools for elementary school. Like, you know, there's, People have an op an option and an opportunity that exists up until college. Okay, let's just. I like your point. If college was free, people was like, if college was free, then but but look, would you be able to to would college be able to recruit like high executives from corporate world to leave the corporate world to work for a government paying forty thousand dollar job and give up six figures? No, they, those some of those professors are people that are brought into this higher education system are paid very generously so that they can add their value, give their perspective or, and teach other students. So there'd be, there'd be a loss of certain level of professionalism had college not be, if you're just relying on the government to fund and support this. I, I just think that there is, I think Bernie Sanders is sometimes aloof. And I, I mean, I know we shouldn't mention things politically here, but it's just like, come on, dude, can't all be free. Uh, you would, I guess one person's aloof is another person's. I think he's spot on, but anyway, um, I, I think when you look at the college system and I'm going a little off script here, but if you look at like, for instance, college sports and how much money 
this colleges make off of football, basketball, and all mm-hmm. these, you know, television deals and, and the coaches with their sneaker deals and just the, 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 the products that they sell. Like there's a whole lot of like opportunities where they're making money off of students' backs mm-hmm. and no one, you know, blinks an eye or bats an eye, or maybe some people squawk about it, but I'm saying they are allowed to just profit off of their talented students. But then on the other side, on the flip side, now we act like, oh, well, you know, it's just crazy or cuckoo talk to try to think about finding a way to have free or close to free college education. I just think it would be, it would benefit the country if we found a way to these costs are rising and it's just kind of getting right. ridiculous. Well, people say the same thing about healthcare, and the truth is that in other countries, they do have subsidized healthcare, and they do have subsidized higher education and they're not bankrupt and they seem to work just fine. And surely if the government can subsidize loans and could subsidize education, period, and there will be people who can pay their own way. But, you know, we have to decide in this country what's a right and what's not. You know, it is doable as evidenced by the entire rest of the world. The thing about America, like it's it kind of puts itself into this situation and then it thinks like, oh, there's just an easy fix out. There's an easy way out. Oh, just just cancel it and everything's going to be OK. And that's not true. There's like obstacles. There's challenges. You know, if Biden decides to cancel the student loan situation via executive order, it's it's 100 percent sure that it would be it would it would it's not 100 percent sure that it would be legal. And such a move would likely be challenged in court. Cong- the Senate would hate it. Congress would probably like it because it's Republican, Democrats. And, and then we'd be in this situation where people would be debating over and, and deciding whether it should go or not. It'd be years of discussion. It's like these things are just not easy to, to get rid of. And it's not as a one, two, three. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, I'm Karen, I mean, you but mentioned it before mean, the conversation, there was like economic obstacles, aren't sure. there? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and, you know, yes, there's, there's economic considerations too. I mean, people of color are disproportionately burdened with higher student loan debt. Um, they leave college with higher debts. Their debt takes longer to repay and it has a direct effect on rac- the racial household wealth gap. Um, so, Sean, maybe you can speak more to this than I can. Absolutely. Well, yes, I can. Yes, Karen, I know you're an honorary <laughs> person, but I know so many. Honorary. Black- you know, like, oh, what's yeah. his name has an honorary doctorate, and it's like, yeah. that means you have no yeah. degree. <laughs> I know so many black professionals. Like, I had, I remember I, I dated a friend, she was a lawyer, and she graduated, and she had over $160,000 in student debt. Crazy. And she more about her student debt than she did her career. That was, uh, it was her burden. <laughs> that was the only thing that, that was holding her back. She didn't buy a house. She was still living at home. You know, it wasn't like she was living this wonderful career that you would think a lawyer would be living because she was just stuck with all this debt Mm -hmm. that she piled up by going from undergraduate to law school. And you know what? That totally sucks, too, because you get some help from the school. Like schools will offer you some help for um, like I had some some grants and stuff from NYU for being like a good student from this background and whatever my intersectional minority ness was, you know, and I'm a woman and I'm Jewish. So blah, blah, blah. But if you go to grad school, no one helps you out. <laughs> grad school is all on you with the expectation that because you're getting a higher education, you're going to make a higher salary later. And so there's just no assistance. And so people do just take on the risk. And it's really easy to get these loans. Well, also, I did not know you. I never thought about that. You're right. Graduate school, you don't get much help, do you? For No, you don't. And you know what? It's the same with doctors. Like, I think that people think that doctors and lawyers make way more than they do. These people pay off debts for decades. Well, back to just what it would be like if you just erased student loan. A blanket removal 
of student debt would actually benefit the higher educated professionals though. Like I know you said the doctors and lawyers may not make as much as mm-hmm. you think, but they're doing better than the person working at, at Target. But anyway, That's true. <laughs> doctors and lawyers, because of their higher the higher amount of debt that they have would 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 benefit more from a blanket removal of student debt. Yeah, because in all that high salary they're making now wouldn't go towards student debt. They'd have more purchasing power, more buy goods, services, purchase real estate, all that kind of great stuff. And a little poor person would then be the, the wealth gap would increase. And this is what I'm saying. Like just doing a reset is not like the simple solution. Well, but devil's advocate, you know, 40 percent of people with student debt did not finish college. So don't have the benefit of a full college degree. And so a lot of those people are working class people, maybe people who couldn't afford to study full time or whatever. And canceling student debt would help working class people. Also, devil's advocate, just because a solution may not be fully equitable, like it's not balanced, like, but it still doesn't mm-hmm. like it. If you remove the student debt from everyone, nobody's the people who are benefiting. I don't think anybody's mad about that. And also, I'm thinking about how we found a way to bail out, you know, when in 2008, when when we bailed out the banks and all like we we found money then or or during the, the pandemic, as we should have. We found money for these PPP loans that apparently there's been a whole lot of fraud there. (laughs) But like we find money when there is. A, an, a, 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 an incentive. Uh, an incentive. And, yeah. and we said at the top of the show, there's $1.6 trillion in student loan debt, which is more than everything except for mortgage loans. So mm-hmm. I'm just but saying. If you, just, if, you, if you cancel it though, Matt, what it does to it, okay, it just gives everybody a restart. And guess what? The clock starts ticking all over again. So 10, 15 years, there's a new set of Karens out there. And they're all in the same situation. (laughs) All right, calm down. Um, Uh, And and the situation starts all over again with this. Why? And why is that? Because you're right. You're absolutely right, Sean. Canceling student debt does not solve the issue. What does solve the issue is solving the issue, which is that higher education is not affordable or, or accessible to people. It's just not. And if I had opted for the free state school, which I'm sure would have been great, I would have had a different life and different experience. You can't choose where you want to go without committing to decades of financial hardship that's crazy there you're absolutely right john you're making my point there is a deeper issue and it's not being addressed nyu tuition started at 40 something thousand dollars a year and then went up to past 50 i think while i was there but now is it are they free isn't didn't nyu give free for medical students now i think tuition is free no medical. they don't so nyu likes to play games nyu <laughs> has a lot of money to throw around and they like to cherry pick certain students to make um make a, um, what's it called? Make like a political statement. So when I was at NYU, NYU does not give a free ride to anybody, but they like found this kid, this like math genius from a poor neighborhood and like a bad school with like a single parent household, blah, 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 blah. And they gave him a full ride because that's a poster child for them. So when there's people like, they're just, they're just playing a game. Yes. Okay. Maybe they'll give some doctors free tuition. But rich guy that said he's paid everybody's tuition off. That's not a solution. You sound like such a capitalist. So we just privatize everything and that's the solution. You can't count on rich people to have this um, noblesse oblige sense of obligation towards the people and just fix it. This is the government's job. It's not rich people's job. Well, that being said, okay, let's 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 just move forward to talk about logistics. (laughs) Well, like Karen said, this is noblesse oblige. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait did i say that right you did not <laughs> what did you say no bless oblige i okay. hate myself for saying that <laughs> well, well this is a very well, serious well, topic guys. can we not be serious for at least one show 
Sure. As I go, well, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to go grab my dictionary and look oh, up. Oh, my God. Are- Karen, I know my mind is dirty as yours. Did you, where did mine, you think no, it was it's going not. with that? It's not. I knew it was about a book the whole it's time. Like, oh, I'm going to grab my dick. I was like, I knew yeah. the Chinari was coming. He basically said it all coming. in one uh, half of a whatever. second. Whatever. I think it's the commercial. Uh, all right. So we're going to take a quick break before we get in trouble and get kicked off of this uh, <laughs> podcast. Uh, platform we're on. So anyway, stay tuned for more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. We'll be right back with more Student Loan Dilemma. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable and the curious about definitions. I went and grabbed my dictionary and looked up noblesse <laughs> oblige. And, and? It's a, the meaning, it's about the responsibility that the rich feel to uh, help the poor. Is that right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like a sense of responsibility that like rich people ought to feel for society because the society is what helped them come up and become rich. So they owe it. They need to pay it forward. Nice. So not only I'm tired of no blessing or bleeding. Can you help me brother out? Like <laughs> I'm tired of no blessing or bleeding. I'm tired of it. I don't want to be no blessing or bleeding anymore. Karen. No one's asking you to. Do we I want the government like no to do it? No I have a nonprofit. I do that part. Come on. Like I got three kids. Can I live? All right, you can live. But I just wanted the audience <laughs> to understand that not only are we sharing financial uh, literacy and financial tips and financial wisdom, we're teaching, you know, definitions and word and improving your vocabulary. So don't 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 take that for granted, people. That's part of our <laughs> obligation. So all right, let's get back to it. We've been talking about the student loan dilemma, what the problem is, and and how it's playing out politically, and and you know the the one point six trillion dollars that exists in American student loan debt. And what are we going to do about it? You know, some politicians have it in their platform. They're going to, you know, put a freeze on it or they're going to eliminate it. And, you know, there's a lot of dancing around of what people are going to do or not do. But what is the best thing to do? So and what are the obstacles we're facing? So So many, so many obstacles. Oh, my God. We haven't even gotten to some obstacles. Jump in. 
logistical obstacle, obstacle, Karen. Lo- that, like, what kind of obstacle, Sean? Just log- logistical obstacles. That is I that what your thing? Canadian university education got you? <laughs> oh, that's fired. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. Go on. Good. I don't mean like, to college shame you. But understand that the government like subcontracts a lot of stuff and outsource a lot of stuff. So believe it or not, when you get those student loan statements, Karen, it wasn't actually directly coming from the government. It was like these companies that they hired to manage the, the, the portfolio, basically. But those companies don't exist anymore. Sally well, May. two of them. Two of the two out of the three companies, I think. Have, they were the big ones. Sally have, May and Freddie Mac. Have, have basically quit. They are quit. dead, yeah. They're not, we're not handling these anymore. We weren't making any money. We haven't done anything for two years. So now, like, restarting this, this takes time. Like, you got to build out a team. You got to hire a company. You got to make sure everything. Because, you know, God forbid you get a statement that's in the, incorrect or something that's wrong. It's so... Getting the logistics back intact is something that's going to take them months. And that's, the government is just isn't ready. And if well, anybody doesn't work for the government, they're well, very slow. at. Hold, hold on. Karen, Karen got a screw face on. I want to know, Karen, what are you thinking? Devil's advocate. Um, so those companies went out of business years ago and they switched over. They like rolled it all together. Now there's one company called Navient and there's another one called First Mark. And so all my loans are paid through Navient right now. And um, yeah, so it's just one company. I think they were just bureaucratically encumbered. I think that Freddie Mac and Sally Mae were huge at these bloated institutions that had been around for so long and that they were not efficient any longer. So I think that they were dismantled. I don't think they went out of business. I think business was booming. <laughs> I think that they were dismantled purposely. They weren't like independent banks. They were government adjacent entities and the government was guaranteeing all these loans. So anyway, they were just, I think it's the other way around, Sean, that actually the bureaucracy got pared down. Now everything's online. It's really straightforward. All of your loans are in one place with what you owe, what the interest is, how much interest you're paying every month. I think it, I think actually that was better. You know what? It's also difficult to try to get people to pay their loans again after the freeze. Like people, they get used to the idea of not paying their student loans. People may Mm -hmm. simply just not pay. You know, my, that's so funny because it's like every time you go out, you're just used to me trying to pay for you. And like you just sit there and don't even look. You look left, right. Matt can bring his mother, his mother-in-law, his, his sister. News. And he's looking at me to pay the bill. Like, I think you get it, Matt. Yeah, you should that be driving that message. That is such malarkey. Even on Matt's friggin' It's because he's afraid party, of you. Afraid of you. His wife's 50th birthday party, he looked at me, came up and whispered in my ear, Sean, you got this? And I'm like, bro, I'm not paying for your wife's 50th Sean, birthday party. Sean, that's a part of your noblesse oblige. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The stop obliging me, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> My bad. Well, here's the thing. Our government may need to have to start incentivizing people to get them to start repaying their loans at the point I was trying to make. You know, you stop, you, you shut off the, the water. Now you're trying That's to right. turn it back on and get people to pay. You know, perhaps that may not work. Well, I, it's just too much. It's like, look, I... So I know that there's a freeze. Here's something that shocked me to my core. There's a freeze. We know that there's a freeze. It's always in the news. And yet, maybe it's because I have it on auto pay, but a student loan payment came out of my account. And it was, I don't know that it was supposed to do that. But in any event, I have been paying mine. And someone say, Sean, to your point about them maybe not having the infrastructure, it's been spotty. So the student loan payment came out of my account a couple months ago, but not this past month. And I'm like sitting here holding my breath. I can't believe you're playing a zero interest loan that's been that's been frozen. Frozen. You're in, you're in big L right now, and it doesn't stand for leader, Karen. 
Oh my God. <laughs> my eyes don't even go far enough back in my head for that. Um, <laughs> sorry. I just have to loosen a ligament. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it's, here's the thing. We have less money. And by we, I mean, young people than any, like we, any time before. <laughs> yeah. Any time before. Exactly. Me and Matt are, we are going to do less well financially than our parents. We're the first generation that's going to do less well than our parents did. And uh, on average. And so, yeah, okay, it's a zero interest loan. Let me ask you something. Do you think that those loans were given out in the loanee's best interest? No. Probably not. So this moratorium and all of that, and maybe maybe even an incentive to pay down at 0% interest, but hugely inflated student loan bill, maybe that would be a good way to split the difference. I think you make a great point, Karen. All right, y'all. So we've kind of... Uh covered the issue, but what's the conclusion? What do you guys think? Student loan dilemma was the name of this show. Where do you stand on it? Give us your, give me your final thoughts on this. One of my repetitive pieces of advice that I've always liked to give is focus on what you can control. Um, what the government decides to do, maybe for most people beyond their control, but take advantage of whatever the current situation is. So don't be a Karen, no pun intended, and pay your student loan when it's at zero interest rate, zero percent. I'm not talking to you, Karen. I'm talking about the K-A-R-E-N, Karen. Don't be and continue to pay something <laughs> of that zero interest that may or may not be forgiven. Use it towards other thing. Invest it, put it in the bank, do something with it, and um, yeah, and ride it out and see what the government does. And if they decide to bring it back, then you know, I think it'd be the responsibility to start paying it because you, it could hurt your credit. So my advice is is to ride it out and see see where this goes because I'm curious to see where it goes and, and what happens. All right. You're right. You don't have control over what the government does, so I will continue to pay off my student loans until I either don't have to or they're paid off. Like, what choice do I have? And I did sign up for them. Now, did I know what the hell I was doing? No. Was I a dumb 18-year-old when the internet was like being invented? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we didn't have access to information like this. That being said, um, I think that a debt repayment incentive is actually a really good place to meet in the middle, right? Incentivize people to repay their their debts. The government doesn't have to take a giant L on all of this interest and principal repayment. And, you know, maybe it'll get people into jobs that need doing like you could get people in, you know, debt repayment for people going to public service jobs and teaching jobs and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, maybe it could be maybe it could be a way to revitalize society and let everybody win, because right now the people who are winning are just corporate interests and the government. The rest of us who, are, who have a degree that we're still paying for, that's now kind of useless. Like, we're not the winners here. Well, well my final thought on this or my take is that while I wish I wish noblesse oblige was the uh, mentality of, of the day, it, it's probably not. <laughs> and I do hope that at some point the government figures out a way to, if not uh, completely wipe out student loan debt, if they can, you know, take a big hack out of it to help the people. I think that would be amazing. But until then, you know, I guess you, you just better pay attention to what's going on. And if you're like Karen and they're, they're, they're not remembering to take your automatic payment out, consider yourself lucky. But yeah, that, that's my final thought is I'm thankful that I'm a little bit uh, past uh, and I'm paid off on my student loans. So I'm Honestly, thankful for that. I'm, thank- I'm thankful for that too. I have to say just as like one last thing that there, I got off easy. I had help not only from the school, but from my parents. And I have friends who are still like a hundred thousand dollars in debt and who are in like my age. And that sucks. Yeah. 
So, Sean, do you have a last word before we? Uh, yeah, I have a final, final last word. It's about <laughs> you know managing your money, understanding what's going on, paying attention to what the government is doing with regards to student loan, and um, trying to really, um, I would say, you know, if if they're not charging you anything, then just put that money aside and see what happens. And if they are, and if they do start reinforcing, I think it's in your best interest to start repaying it. But I truly believe that that's not going to happen anytime soon because it's gone political. Nobody wants to be the one to turn the switch back on. So we may be in for a, a good little zero interest ride. All right, people. So we appreciate you listening. Um, hope we shed some light on, on the, the system of what's going on with this student loan dilemma. But on that note, we're going to have to bring the show to a close. Like I always say, nothing changes or nothing changes. And we don't know when this is going to change. But for two black guys with good credit, I'm Matt Smith and I'm out. And I'm Karen Margolis. I am one third of two black guys with good credit. You can hit me up on whatever you want. Karen Margolis, K-E-R-E-N-M-A-R-G-O-L-I-S. And as I say every single time we do the show, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you're all in debt and everything. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you do next. And I'm Sean Leno, the better half of two black guys with good credit. And send us a line. Wish Matt a happy birthday if you want. TBGWGC at gmail.com. And I guess Karen's birthday is coming up soon, too, at some point in, in this calendar. Yeah, it's May 31st, so. guys. It's May Exactly. 31st. So I knew that, Karen. See, I knew it was coming up. And um, like so I wishful. said, your money is your money, people. Keep it in your damn pocket. Black guys. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eye brow and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.